Hey everyone, you're listening to the Knowledge Voyage podcast. This is Manvi Singh, your host for the day. Knowledge Voyage is a series of podcasts brought to you by Strengthscape, a global consulting company with a focus on people and their impact on business. Every month, we'll bring you insightful conversations and discussions with industry experts and professionals who share their experience and knowledge on the subject that matter and make a difference. It does not matter whether you are just starting out or you're a seasoned professional. This podcast is for you. So let's dive right into it. Let's welcome our first guest, the founder and CEO of Strengthscape, Mr. Rakash Chandar. Thank you so much for having me here, Manvi. So Akash, before we begin, I would like to give a small introduction about you to our listeners. Sure. Apart from being the founder and CEO of Strengthscape, Akash is a serial entrepreneur and a leadership expert, recognized for his contribution in, to the L&D field globally. He worked in engineering and IT services for the first 18 years of his professional life. His industry experience includes setting up greenfield operations in the Gulf and managing IT service projects in both the US and Europe. He is the founder and the lead facilitator for Jamabar and Fuchs. So Akash, something that got me very intrigued and I'm sure that our listeners are also curious to know. So what was the reason like you know that made you shift your career after 18 years of working in the engineering and the IT services? Yeah. Perhaps this is not the first change that I'm making or I made to in my career. The first one was right at the beginning when I was doing my engineering and I realized that right in the fourth year that engineering is not really for me because I didn't like the sight of machines and I was trying to become a qualified mechanical engineer and so uh, you know I started my career with a change with a change to sales because that is the best compromise between you know what I was qualified to do and what um, I wanted my profession to be then I made another switch in which was to the IT industry Uh, and that's essentially because the whole world was you know getting into the IT industry that seems to be that seemed at that point in time which was mid 90s the right industry to be in you know that it was booming you know new organizations IT companies popping up everywhere and they were you know offering a whole lot of opportunities and a whole lot of uh, learning But then as I uh, worked in the IT industry and it, it was of course great time I had I gained so much of you know expertise knowledge experience I worked with some of the best leaders I did realize that it was still not really my mojo so to say and uh, it was then in 2010 that as things culminated I realized you know I need to get into uh what was really my passion and that was coaching and facilitation and so here we are uh with strengthscape so i'm pretty sure that with your expertise and experience we'll get to know a lot of insights from you but i'm really curious to know like you know what is the story behind strengthscape you know it is a very quite of a unique name and i would like to know like you know how did you come up with it and what actually motivated you to start your own company Sure. So let me answer the second question first, um, because that goes back to the time between two thousand five and two thousand ten. You know, series of events that led me to believe that uh, 
I could, I would really um, be better off in the L and D industry. You know, I remember, um, you know, I used to um, take care of a business unit, and you know, I I remember uh, trying to take care of, uh, you know, taking my team out for an outbound, and and just on the day of the outbound, the trainer didn't turn up, and I ended up facilitating my own team's, you know, uh, outbound um, activities. And I thoroughly enjoyed the process. You know, what that did tell me is that there is something that is more enjoyable than, you know, what I was doing um, at that point in time. And then after a couple of years, I was having this conversation with my, with my boss who was in the UK and, you know, talked about having an executive coach. Now, I hadn't heard of an executive coach at that point in time. There weren't really any in, in India. And, you know, uh, just by virtue of being a bit competitive uh, and perhaps uh, because I wanted to be in my boss's good books, I went ahead and hired a coach in, in the US. And that didn't work out because it was, uh, it was pretty expensive for me to hire a coach in the US and have these telephonic conversations you know, every week. And so um, uh, as you know, things would turn out, there was a stray email in my mailbox which talked about a coach training program happening in India. And I said, okay, if I can't really hire a coach, let me at least become a coach. And so I, you know, got trained as a coach. I really found that to be, you know, an absolute passion. I was really smitten by the whole science and, you know, process of coaching and how it could impact people. Um, and so by 2010, you know, I was, I was pretty clear that what I really wanted to pursue was, was facilitating group conversations and coaching. And so, uh, you know, one day I just decided to put in my papers and, and you know, start the company, you know, which is uh, what really happened in the past. And what is the story behind the unique name that you got? Okay, so, you know, strength scape means uh, I can break it into two things, strength and scape. Uh, strength means um, something that you're good at, typically, Though from a behavioral perspective, it means the behaviors that you tend to use most often. And scape is the view. Uh, if you look at a person's, you know, view or behavioral view, you would see that we all, we all kind of use some behaviors, you know, all the time. While we do have the flexibility to use any behavior, we tend to get restricted to a few behaviors. And those behaviors define us. Those are the tendencies that define us. Those are the tendencies that we tend to, you know, overuse at times. And that's called, uh, you know, that's really our limitation as well. And so, you know, what I found was that as an, as an engineer, when I was trying to understand behaviors, I found this whole worldview of certain behavioral tendencies that define a person and what happens to that person and how that person creates relationships and, you know, manages himself or herself um, in this world. And I thought, you know, that's what strengthscape is. So we came up with this word called strengthscape. And, you know, of course, you can't get a word into a dictionary, but you can get that word into a company's name. And so it became strengthscape. That's actually a very nice thing. So, you know, like strengthscape has its motto and it is impactful personalized learning. 
So, you know, I wanted to know, like, what do you exactly mean by personalized learning? Sure. So, impactful personalized learning, and that's our tagline, um, has uh, two perspectives. Personalized has two perspectives. One is a business perspective. The business perspective is that as an organization, when we work with our clients, client organizations, we try to understand their business context. Some companies, uh, you know, depending on where they are in their business um, and their ecosystem, they require certain behaviors to be, you know, um, cultivated in the organization. They require a certain type of leadership to be successful. And then the second is that learners have their own preferences and their own strengths and limitations and, you know, emotional baggages, etc. So when we are really delivering a training program to make it impactful, we need to tailor it to the business context of the organization and to the preferences of the learners or the participants, the people, the employees. And so I think uh, personalization for us is not just about know the participants but also about the business and those are two sides of the coin so do you like mean something kind of a VAK model of learning right so VAK talks about learning preferences and of course that's valid but I think we go really beyond that because today your preferences may not just be restricted to how you learn which is more visual or auditory or kinesthetic way it could also mean how you consume knowledge right you consume knowledge by reading a news article or through a video game or through a learning bite, you know, or a reel. And you may have your own preferences on when you want to do that. You know, some people like to get into a conversation with people and, you know, maybe take 10 days off and, you know, reflect to learn, whereas others may want to uh, get into a formal classroom to learn. So every individual has their own learning preferences and learning needs. And that's, you know, uh, that's a bit different from what VAK model talks about, which talks about, you know, how people tend to consume learning differently. So since, you know, like we are having a discussion about the L&D industry. So what do you think, like, you know, the future holds for like the L&D industry? And what are like some trends, you know, organizations can keep in mind if they want to stay ahead in the game? Sure. I think the L&D industry is really going through a significant change, a tectonic shift. The first change that's happening is the integration of technology into learning, into the learning space. So we're learning through, you know, animations and videos, and we're learning through games and simulations. Plus, we're learning on the go. We're learning while we're working. We're learning while we are completing a task. You know, it's just like if you were reading a book uh, and you didn't understand a specific word, you could double-click on that word and, you know, at the back end there's a dictionary and it'll tell you what the meaning of the word is. And so to learn words, you don't really have to get into a structured learning where you're introduced to 10 new words every day. All you have to do is you have to read your book as usual and there'll be an opportunity for you to to come across new words and learn them on the go. And that's just an analogy, right? 
that's how we need to integrate learning into the workflow, into the workspace. So learning today is becoming personalized. It's becoming integrated into the workflow and it's getting integrated with technology as well or technology is driving that learning as well. So that's the change that's happening, right? There's also a shift that's happening in the learning behavior. Attention spans are going down. People's work ethics are changing. They like to be on their own. There's a gig economy, you know, that's kicking in. And so learning is becoming um, spread out, spaced out. And it's not really restricted to training halls and training rooms. The second thing that's really happening and that L&D industry really need to cope with is what to train people on. We do not know what skills and what expertise is going to make us successful 10 years or 20 years from now. You know, how fast would AI take over uh, a lot of our workspace or tasks? We do not know. We do not understand it yet completely. And so if you were to go to, um, to a school and, you know, think about uh, what you should teach kids um, you know, on today, it's a very difficult question. We don't know what jobs are going to be popular or are going to be needed 10 or 20 years from now. And because of this, I think the most important thing is that we focus on building the capacity to learn and, and a way to learn. So if you're able to teach people how they should learn, you know, irrespective of what we may need 10 years from now, they will be able to pick it up because they know how to learn and they know their own personal way of learning as well. I think that's something. So those are the two things that are really driving the LNA industry. One, the change and two, uh, the ambiguity about the future. So what I gather is like, you know, LND will indeed like need to go like undergo a significant transformation in order to, you know, get that successful reimagining of learning. Absolutely. Spot on. So as much as like, I've, I mean, I'm pretty sure our viewers also would like to know like how the strengthscape, like, you know, how it is contributing in the trends for the future of the L&D industry. Right. So Strengthscape's programs have changed over the years. You know, how we deliver those programs has changed over the years. A lot of our programs are now bite-sized learnings. I remember going for, you know, three days and four days off-sites and, you know, uh, intensive programs. I think there are much lesser of those happening. Um, of course, I would never uh, underestimate the need for people to come face-to-face -face and have a conversation and a discussion. But then learning needs to become spaced out. And so we're doing a lot more micro-learning sessions. We are focusing a lot more on building self-awareness and um, letting people understand how to learn as opposed to what to learn. And that you could see in almost every program that we deliver. It's a lot more about spacing it out, about repetition, about self-reflection and building self-awareness. So I'm pretty sure like, you know, our listeners would find a lot of value and insights from the conversation we just had. And so coming to a close, I would like to thank you for joining us and sharing your wealth of knowledge. 
and your experience with our listeners. It was an honor to have you on the show. And we also hope that, you know, you'll join us another time for another topic on the podcast so that, you know, our listeners can get even more of an insight from you. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure being here and I'm looking forward to being here again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Akash. That's all for the day, folks. See you again on the same channel with a new guest and fresh conversations.